Welcome, everybody, to the Training Make Podcast. This is episode 19. I'm your host, Zach Tellender. With me, as always, is Maximus Decimus Meridius, Max Ada. How you doing, man? Good, man. How you doing? I'm doing good. What's the rest of that intro? You know, you know what I'm talking about from um, Gladiator? You seen Gladiator? Yeah, I just watched like, part of it the other day, too. He's like, um, tenth of my name. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> yeah. That, that big, like, intro. It's been a song. while. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, man, you're you're back um, yep. from, a, from a pretty hectic week at Pan Am's. And I, I basically just wanted today, let's just talk about it. Yeah. Um, so, first off, congratulations, man. This Thanks, has man. got to be one of your most highest achievements yet as a coach, right? With, with Alyssa and her performance. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, I mean, this Close is to it. the, the pinnacle of, uh, competition. I mean, this was her. So, so this is the first time she's won the Pan Am championships. Uh, she had a shot at the gold back in 2017. She, uh, took the hundred kilo clean and jerk. She needed to win. She cleaned it and then missed the jerk, which was really odd for her. Uh, so she got like bronze there. And then last year, um, you know, ended up, I think in fourth place, uh, after some, after some, you know, minor setbacks here and there with lifts. Uh, and then, it, so this year was the first time she's actually walked away with a victory or, you know, walked away, uh, with first place. Uh, and records in everything, right? Yeah. American so records in American record snatch, American record clean and jerk, American record total. Not, not the snatch. So, so she oh, okay. she tied the American record snatch is eighty four or it's set at eighty four, which is a kilo up from the forty eight kilo record, uh, and the American record clean and jerk was one oh six, which was four and a half four you know, three and a half kilos above the actual record from forty eights. Um, so that was a big stretch, but she broke the clean and jerk record, the total record for Pan Ams for American, uh, for the American record. And, uh, her 107 clean and jerk at 49 body weight is the highest above body weight clean and jerk for a woman, um, relative. So, so 2.18 times her body weight is the highest of any U S woman ever. Shit, yeah. man. Good job. Con- yeah. Good job uh, preparing her for this. I noticed um, she did have some technical breakdowns in the, the clean. Yeah. Um, as you know, t- it's it's going to happen, you know. Um, yeah. The good good thing is the clean's not a very technical, you know, at the end of the day, you have to put the, the number on the bar and you have to go for it. So technique or not, that's not what gets put on the record books. It's not like, yeah, that's know, a good point. You know, uh, you know, it's like, it's also, it's, it's easy to point out technical mistakes, but the reality is that there's, you know, it's like anything, there's a margin for error, right? Um, you know, it's, it's, it was within an acceptable margin in the sense that she, you know, she wasn't as flawless in her execution of, you know, certain positions or movements, I guess, or she doesn't look exactly like someone else doing it. Uh, but you know, it's enough to be champion and record holder, um, you know, and, and hold a lift, you know, above of the standard that anyone else has. Um, so it's a, it's one of those things. I mean, that's, that's, it's sports, right? Um, you know, it's, it, nothing's going to look perfect all the time. Uh, I mean, there's definitely lifters that are super pretty and look amazing every single rep, 
Uh, but there's, you know, there's also the people that don't. They, well, it's interesting too. Like I think, um, I bring this up a lot, but all things gym and hook grip, they, they bring these things to the masses, right? Mm. So, um, if one in particular was the winner of the 81 category in, uh, Europeans, Antonio Pizzolatto, Antonio Pizzolatto, the Italian dude. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Antonio, come and get your meatballs. Come on. That's- uh, <laughs> that's just I, I can you be racist to uh Italians? i don't think I don't the know. italians are a race so i don't uh, think it's actually racist <laughs> well uh can you be prejudice i think i think that's stereotypical. stereotype stereotypical you need to check your your stereotyping okay well anyways antonio pizzolato uh he clean and jerked and when he when it was put into slow motion uh, there was, you know, there's peculiarities to it. Like he, he gets his knees almost completely unlocked in this second pull, mm-hmm. um, before he comes through and makes contact. Right. But for him, I think that clean and jerk was what? 194 or something. Right. So, you know, it was just, it's a, it's what you're talking about. It's that margin for error. Just, he, he was literally going for broke and people see that and they're like, wow, his technique is so weird or it's. It's so off uh, or, you know, he didn't extend or he didn't do this. And I think it's just because it's in slow motion and it's literally a maximal effort lift. And there has to be that margin for error like you were talking about. And I think the same thing happened, you know, in Alyssa's lift. Like there were technical breakdowns, but, um, you know, that's just, again, margin for error. And that's just tendencies with, with heavier weights. I think what you've said to me before is the goal is to have, if there are technical breakdowns, say like the front rack breaking down in in the clean, the stronger you get or the better you get, the more you push that back. So it's not like you're going to completely get rid of thoracic rounding in the clean. You're just going to make that number where you start rounding higher than it was before. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's also you, yeah. It's a it's always a matter of it's a fuzzy line, right? Like the idea of of technique and these things are are essentially everything we're dealing with in sport is a is at what's the minimum we need? What's the sufficient number minimum we need that gives us the greatest return on our investment with the lowest risk potential, right? So Technique is not something that's that is. It would make no sense to train solely for the development of technique um, beyond the point of it giving maximum return, only for the sake of saying having the best or prettiest technique, because that would be a strategy that neglects the fact that uh, you need to develop power, you need to develop the capacity to lift bigger weights more than you need to lift perfectly. Um, and and there's a fine line. There's always there's a fine line. There's a fuzzy line between all these things. Understanding that, you know, yeah, better technique should potentially give you more ability to lift bigger weights, as would, um, you know, any number of little things. The question is, what's worth investing in in the long term? And I think it's easy to look at, you know, it's easy to look at different different strategies and different clubs or whatever di- different countries and say, oh. The Chinese are, are really great at technique or, or the Russians are great at technique. Well, their strategy is different too, right? They're not taking people from the age of 25 plus and teaching them to be weightlifters. 
you know, they, they've they've adopted a smarter model and taken lifters that are, you know, kids and, and built them up from that age with, uh, you know, an emphasis on excellent execution of technique. So, you which, know. Which is why it's funny to me when I see youth and, and teen, you know, uh, youth and junior lifters with bad technique yeah. lifting big weights. Yeah, it's, it's almost it's unacceptable, it, right? It really with, is. It's a short-sighted mentality to take to take youth and juniors to take younger kids. And and this is there has to be an understanding that there's an exclusion an exclusion of the number, the actual number on the barbell is not what is necessary necessarily something we're concerned with. It's like, you know, someone might clean and jerk 100 kilos when they're 12 and someone might clean and jerk 150 when they're 15, you know. Um the 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 number isn't so important it's the it's the the ingraining of technical habits and the emphasis on maximum strength and results in the classic lifts at the expense of technical development and that's where you start to see big problems come up and it it doesn't manifest itself immediately which is is the reason why you see you know phenomenal people in, in all sports Really phenomenal yeah, yeah. athletes go from being great, great, great. This guy's the next thing to like they hit a, a fucking wall and they're done. And it's just literally their career ends one day in in a, a you know in in maybe not one injury, maybe not this that, but it all comes to a head where the plan was essentially guiding them straight towards this this track of it's going to stop someday because. You know, you haven't developed all the other things necessary, and now it's catch-up time or chronic injuries or, you know, all these things add up. With older athletes, that doesn't happen as much because, you know, they they go out to pasture before that happens, right? Or they, their careers end before they have a chance to, you know, you can exploit the, the abilities of older athletes because you kind of have to. They have a shorter career. They have eight years, five years, three years, whatever it is, two years, um, you know, where it's like you're just – you're going to get what you can out of them and, and do the best and people achieve something and then they, they move on and, you know, they have the, the wonderful memory of being a weightlifter. Um, you know, with, with youth and kids, you take them from a young age and you exploit them and exploit the method and you push, 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 push and don't develop technique as a foundation. You end up with lifters that are that are doomed to run into that wall later. And, and here's another thing, too. Um the side angle is going to expose a lot of people. So if, if you see someone from the front or even the 45 degrees, I like to, when I coach, I like to watch uh, lifts from the 45 degree angle. Mm -hmm. I don't know about you. Yeah. Um, if, if you're getting remote stuff, but what you can see is loss of connection on the bar when you're directly from the side. I'm not so worried about like, I'm not, and I know this is going to sound crazy, but bar path, if, if a lot of other things are in tune, like if the pull is, is proper, like meaning after contact, they're not, their elbows haven't dropped underneath the bar and they're still, you know, they're still maintaining connection to the bar. I'm okay with like a little bit of a loopy bar path. Um, as long as it doesn't stay loopy when the weight gets heavy. But what you'll notice with some of some, some lifters is they can be lifting really big weights and they can actually on their Instagram, they'll post really, really big weights. But what you won't be able to tell is their loss of connection in that third pull. You know, they're kind of just deadlifting and blasting the bar up. And then it's kind of anything happens getting underneath. And you can't really tell because obviously whoever's doing the Instagram is putting their successful lifts up. 
But if you watch them from the side, you can tell, even in, in a successful lift, that it was a bad pull. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like, and I think, I think that's that's something that's that's very interesting. And and you know, for people listening out there, next time, you know, just watch where someone's uh, shoulders are when the bar makes contact. Are they behind the bar? Um, you know, are they in a capable position to keep pulling? There's just a lot of things that we see on Instagram and that I'm noticing that aren't telling the full story, you know, and, and it, especially because Instagram, obviously this sport is objective in nature. There's numbers, right? And so on someone's Instagram, they put a number up, Hey, look at this, you know, 150 snatch and you see it and you're like, wow, that's really impressive. But you don't see the whole thing. You don't see the three misses that they had before that. You don't see all those other things. So it's, I just wanted to, I know that was a little bit of a sidetrack, but that's kind of. No, I think it's a good point. I mean, it's also, you know, the the reality is like, d- does any coach or athlete want their technique to be, to be perfect? Yes. Um, what's more important walking away from the platform, having done uh, less lift and, you know, a lighter weight and gotten third or fourth and, and been super satisfied with your technique or yeah, it was a little wonky, but you are now the champion. <laughs> it's like, and and that mentality, I think it's hard because you, that mentality can't exist 100 percent of the time. It has to exist yeah. in competition. It has to exist when it's important. The highest risk situations are in competition, and you have to put the biggest investment into the highest risk scenario. Outside of competition, you should have the lowest risk uh, um, situation. You know, in, in training, meaning you're you're not you know allowing deviations to occur. You're focused on on the fundamentals and the process. But, you know, it's like you can't please everybody. <laughs> so I want to go back to the just Team USA at, at Pan Am's. It's by far the most yeah. successful Team USA competition ever, right, in history. Yeah, probably probably up there. I would I would say that uh, definitely at Pan Am's, the absolute, we, we dominated. I think there was about 51 records broken, um, and that includes U.S. and, and Pan Am records, I believe. Uh and and just a, a monster showing by everybody. You know, we we were the first ones up. We we kicked it off as at the forty nine. It was uh, Alyssa and Morgan King, um, and Morgan lifted well. She did a one eighty total, which is actually the same total that got her to the Olympics in twenty sixteen, um, which which I think kind of highlights the magnitude of this competition and the magnitude of the state of weightlifting in the United States because. She hits a 180 total, which guarded the Olympics, which is a fantastic total at that body weight. Um, and and her nearest competitor is 10 kilograms ahead at 190. And it's not not to take anything away from Morgan, but the point being like, I wouldn't have thought three years ago that you're going to have a spread like that where you have a bunch of girls that are, you know, an Olympian who's done who's doing 180, killing it, and then there's people that far ahead then you know I'm we're sitting there after the competition thinking okay we did this is great you know and the next day Jordan De La Cruz crushes a, a five for six performance putting up a, a PR from her last meet um, Alyssa put American records right yeah Alyssa put twelve kilograms on her total from Worlds last year so in six months we added twelve kilos to her total um, which is is remarkable. Um, Jordan had a 198 total at Worlds and does 207 here. So she adds nine kilos to her total. Then, you know, fast forward even further, uh, and you've got 
um, Sasser, Sasser puts, you know, uh, yeah, she, what an unbelievable meet. Well, she did two twenty. She did two eighteen at Worlds, and then did two twenty four in Vegas, I think, uh, or whatever the whatever the last meet she did was two twenty four, which which is approximately her best, you know, which is around what she's done in the past and, and in training, and so she's she's been in that range before. But then came here and, and had a five or six day and, and put up 227, which I'm pretty sure is a, a, a if it's not her best, it's definitely close to her best ever. Um, I, I think it's a PR. So right away off the bat, you've got the top four people, you know, top three, top four girls in the lighter classes, all putting up these huge numbers, huge performances. Uh, Lucero did 207, which I don't know if that's a, her all time best, um, but certainly a solid performance. And then, uh, you know, I hate to like say people's names and point it out as though like they're, they're underperforming or whatever. But if you rewind 18 months ago when this process kind of started or when, when all the quad was kind of, you know, people were taken off, uh, you know, a, a 53 kilo girl doing a 196 total where, where uh, Kaylin Hogan did 196 at this meet, you know, 53 kilo doing 196 was massive. That was a huge total. Um, how many girls were doing a 200 kilo total back then? And now it's like you've got girls all within this tight range. Everybody is making lifts. Everybody is performing. Everybody is lifting to their abilities. Um, and then obviously, you know, you have like these these huge, huge standouts like Kate Nye, who does a monster 245 total at 71 which which basically puts her in the absolute driver's seat for for that 76 kilo potential spot she has the highest roby currently right now with that total um 891 is, is just massive um which is which is ridiculous uh so these huge huge numbers coming from everybody um you know and and no one is really underperforming no one is really showing up and like you know doing a two for six and winning Right. I mean, people are, are yeah. these are these are really it is exceptional lifting all across the board. Well, let's let's keep going down the line. Right. Well, then it's, you've got uh, you got Maddie. Obviously, Maddie Rogers was dealing with a, a hamstring injury, I think. Um, but her battle back and forth with with Nye was was good. I think I mean, that's that's such an overdone, no, overly we'll, we'll talked about thing we'll, there. But uh, I want to go down. I'm going to go through the thing. Then and you've then got we can talk about that. then you've got. Uh, Arthur, Jenny Arthur does well. Uh, she did 108 and 135, I believe, so 243 total, which is which is a big total. I mean, that's an improvement on what she did, I believe, at the Olympics. She did 242, uh, 240 or 242. So, you know, that's that's like within you know, it's within one lift of her best ever total. Um, you know, so you know, her not having the the most stellar day, she didn't make as many lifts as other girls, but. You know, to to be going, I want to say three or four for six, and being within uh, one shot, one lift of your PR total is awesome. Um, that's you know, that's that's what most of your performances, if you average them out, most of your performances in a, a meet are going to be close to that. And then, uh, you know, Robles, uh, Robles won it, no problem. She's she's a beast. She's always doing uh, solid lifting. Um, I don't know what the strategy of every single person going into this meet was. Um, I would imagine Robles is probably not needing to train super aggressively for this to win it. So yeah. that would be my guess why her total wasn't like necessarily a large PR from from you know her best ever. Uh, I think 290 is her best ever. Um, 
or or somewhere no no somewhere Wait, near her, that no her was her best ever at rio or was it at um anaheim i think it was i think it was anaheim, anaheim yeah um i want to say 287 is her best it's right around there yeah yeah um, and and so you know it's like okay that would make sense why you maybe you're not gonna you know anyone that knows they're gonna have a shot at winning it without much of a fight would you know would be silly to to train ridiculously hard for it unless you needed to gain more points and you can see that uh that distribution is you know where where those big performances are it's all in the light classes where the girls are really fighting to make spots and get points um you know Alyssa Jordan Sasser um those are the three big ones that are basically you know you're going to duke it out here um yeah i mean there you were you were saying before like no missed lifts now yeah well that's right? the reality like, that's is it. like <laughs> is like the reality is that now it's it, this olympic qualification system is very different than it has been in the past i think it's great it's great from a standpoint of it it's it's the you know it's the capitalist version of 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 all this right it's like the best man win uh you know or best woman win whoever does the best lifting is most likely going to get on that team uh, assuming you have the talent assuming you have the ability um you know people that are going to if you go to worlds and you have a one for or a two for six day or a three for six day um you're going to be looking at you know having to make up a humongous gap uh with the roby points so it's a big deal to be successful and you see how much that pressure has pushed people to new levels um obviously with me with Alyssa. Um, we are, are pushing ourselves to try and do better. Um, you know, realizing it's not, nothing is easy. There's no easy day, right? There's nothing that's going to be like, oh, this will be a nothing deal. We'll just do whatever. We'll just make a total. It's all about like all or nothing, which I think personally for me, I think that puts a better perspective on your thinking. It takes all the pressure off because you know, the reality is like, look, like you just have to go for it. So yeah, there's, you, there's, you either have it or you don't. Yeah, there's it's, no it's kinda... there's no fear of like, oh, are we going to play conservative and 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 are we going to win on that strategy? Like, you're not going to win on a conservative strategy because nobody is going to show up and perform poorly. Um, you know, it's not like you can sit back and be like, well, everyone's going to lift like shit, so we'll be fine. It's like, yeah, well, you got to put on the bar and you got to make the lifts. And if you don't, then you know, no, no, there's no sad feeling about it because you realize like, look, I just couldn't do it. Um, so I think that's a, the 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 best part of this is that it's driven everybody to these high, high levels. Well, let's let's quickly talk about the the men's side and then get back to the a, a few things that I've written down here, yeah. and we can kind of, I guess, go over it a little bit faster than the women because they they underperformed compared to the women. Yeah. However, there were you know CJ and Wes. I think yeah, both with outstanding performances. Yeah, the two biggest, the 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 real one, the the one standout that was that's just unbelievable is obviously CJ, and CJ overshadows everybody by a huge margin because because of you know his age, his lifting, and the fact that he's in this place where there's continual improvement. Right, it's year after year that he is getting better. One fifty three, one ninety one is is ridiculous to give you perspective yeah, yeah, as to I mean, where I'm... we are with weightlifting donnie shankle who is revered as i don't know why he's revered as being an incredible lifter was winning national championships when he was lifting with like 188 clean and jerks he was doing like 340 something totals not every meet but he and here you have cj cummings a, a child in a man's body uh, lifting weights close to that. 
so you know now you have this this youth you know junior kid who's doing those numbers and it's not to take away from what happened in the past but just to point out that the level of competition has just become has has elevated itself so so much and in addition to that the the drug testing is changing a lot um you know you just have people from other places underperforming what they historically did um so you have a very different landscape now too compared to what it was before so i think it's just it's difficult to compare everybody from different eras um and, you know, and finally numbers finally there's wes obviously yeah you know and wes um, wes obviously had a big meet in the 399 total um you know uh, i think american record uh clean and jerk and pan am record total and, and jerk um and that that beats wes barnett's best clean and jerk um albeit in a different weight class a kilo heavier um but we mean basically the same uh so you know big numbers from there from that side um not to take away from anyone else we had the men's side uh they there was a lot less um of the like six for six five for six performances um and i think this is because you have a different crowd uh, on the men's side they're more they're 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 developing still uh, Kaiser Witz just really new to the sport. Um, he's he's gonna start making more lifts, I think, as time goes on. He's looked better this time than he did at Worlds. Um, you know, in general, you just have you just have a, a, a younger crowd or whatever younger in the lifting terms crowd uh, coming up, and just just not as you know not as up to the same levels as the women. I think you know the main the main thing is that just the elevation of. U.S. weightlifting yeah. is is very prevalent. I mean, like you 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 pointed out. And I think uh, Morgan King's total that got her to the Olympics um, is what would you say twelve kilos less than Alyssa's? Ten. Now? Ten. Ten. Um, and then you know guys like CJ are are now out out totaling our our big guys from from years past. Yeah. Um, I I think you know I would say it's perfectly highlighted by Nye versus Rogers. Yeah. Um, if correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think that Rogers has lost to an American in a national or international meet since the start of her career. Am I wrong on that? Or I mean, that would I I don't know 100 percent, but I'd be willing to bet that's probably pretty accurate. Um, and I, so think about think about that, right? Like you have an American who's basically said, okay, there's you know I I've locked in this spot pretty much, right? And and in the it's it's interesting that you know that that could lead for someone lead to someone's success but having someone else come in and say hey you better be perfect or else i'm going to take it i mean that can legitimately only elevate us weightlifting as we know it you know and and in in roger's case that's nigh yeah i i think that uh... I, this is a this is probably much more of a theoretical conversation. So this is not necessarily my opinion, a hundred percent, or or really don't take what I'm saying as as something I'm criticizing. But I think that you could look at the scenario and say, look, any situation, and this is my opinion actually. This right here, any situation you have where someone is gifted something or someone gets something easily, their performances are not going to be uh in representative of someone who is you know they're, they're not going to be equal to somebody who is fighting for that same thing if you have 
six girls in the 49 or 48 kilo weight class that are all fighting tooth and nail to make a big total, then you're going to get six good competitors. If you have one standout in a weight class, you have, let's just say you have some imaginary 87 kilo girl who beats everybody all the time, always, and has never had to fight for, for, you know, to fight back and forth year after year, meet after meet, up and down to get better, she's probably going to have less of a competitive atmosphere, less of a competitive attitude. Um, and I don't think, I don't know if that's the, the situation that's happened with Maddie. I, I don't want to say that, but I think that it's, it's just look at the nature of the of the the landscape here. You know, Maddie was winning all the time, and now there's somebody coming up next to her, and you know, it's gonna it's gonna either push her really hard to do better, you know, or or that other person has just built a much more um, you know solidified competitive atmosphere for themselves and more solidified competitive edge, and and they're gonna end up winning more often. Well, either way. The best, you know. Either way, it's best for the U.S. Right? It is, yeah. When, uh, when did she we, say? Yeah. Like in, at the end, for sure. We right. win as it. We win as a whole when people are competitive. It, it's not fun to be an environment. It's not immediately fun to be an environment where it's hyper competitive, and one or two lifts, you know, might make or break everything that you've worked for for five years. Um, but it, it is the best scenario. It's it's like it's like anything, right? If there's if you own a coffee shop and you're the only coffee shop in town, you could make the shittiest fucking coffee in the world and people are probably going to buy it. The second a better coffee shop moves in, well, you're probably going to go out of fucking business unless you adapt. Uh, and I think that's the case with all of us is that, you know, it, it, okay, it's getting serious now. So everybody's got to adapt. And, and either the people that can rise to the occasion do and the people that can't, you know, they either they struggle along until until they're no longer able to or or they find a way. Well, it's not even... I guess saying that inter-class, or sorry, intra-class, you know, fighting for a spot within your weight class is the only thing that's going to push you because at this point, everyone's against everyone, no matter what the weight class is. So, 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 you know, you can't even rest on your laurels the other way. I guess we were, I guess I was mistaken on that to think that, you know, Maddie has her spot locked in. It doesn't really matter how well she does in the 71s or the 76s in the future because there are other, you know, women that can knock her out. So, yeah, I mean, um, you know, the the other reality, too, is like no one is immune to to anything here. This is a this is a battle. Every single lift, every single meet, it's a battle between every single weight class. You know, any number, any one of the lifters that goes to Worlds. Um, could have a bad meet, could have two bad meets, you know, someone could get injured. There's, there's just a constant, um, pressure to, to do ex to execute everything very, very well. Right. Um, you know, Kate, Kate Nye, you know, can't rest on her laurels and, and, and walk into worlds thinking that no one else is going to rise to the occasion to hit a better total. Um, because, because, you know, she could, a combination of two things, Someone else coming up and her going down could even that out again, you know. Yeah, and I think well, in in Nye's position, I think she's just happy to be there in the first place. Man, you know, it's their first. Yeah, and and I'm not saying I, I yeah. Would, I, I, w- I would yeah, I wouldn't expect that to happen. But I know what you're saying. It's the, kind of like yeah, a with exercise. any yeah, with any person, right? It could it can but, go up and down really quickly, right? One one 
place changes, you know, who knows? I mean, Harrison Morris, right? He wasn't there because, um, you know, he's got a, a bit of an injury. And yeah. and he's a junior, so he has junior worlds and whatnot. But the point being that, that nothing is set in stone. And so the fact that everyone is really hyper-competitive in these situations does the best good for the entirety of the country, uh, the so, entirety of the field. I guess what I what I was itching to ask you, Max, as a thought exercise, who could potentially have a shitty meet and be okay? Would it be like CJ and maybe Harrison well, or maybe the, not Harrison anymore or nobody? The juniors all have a massive advantage in that they have multiple gold meets they can do. Uh, anyone who's going to Junior Worlds has the, the advantage of having an, an extra gold meet. Uh, meaning that uh, Junior Worlds is a gold, they get 10% more Roby points. So you could potentially get, you know, you've got an extra meet to get Roby points to qualify to, to bump yourself up on the list. Um, those people could potentially have another bad meet and have no problem and still be in the same boat as everyone else. Um, the people that are, are, you know, outside of that, I don't think anyone is in a position where they can have a bad meet. Right. If you know, it would be crazy if Nye went anywhere near her Pan Am total, which one would expect would be the case. Yeah. You know, if she did anything, Jesus, I can't imagine someone snatching more than one ten. Uh, even if she did, like, if she did one ten, one thirty five at Junior Worlds, I mean, how much of a gift would that be, right? I mean, they, and yeah, then I mean, being able to do Senior Worlds immediately after that, I mean, it would just be. Yeah, points and, you know, on points on points. Absolutely, and and it's it's more a matter of uh, you know she could do that, and and uh, it's still a cumulative thing. She could do two meets that are great like that, and then have two meets that are subpar, and that average robe that total Roby score is going to come down a little bit. And if someone like Maddie was to have, or or any of these other girls, you know, Maddie or or Rogers. Sorry, uh, Maddie or Arthur was to come out and have breakout meets two, three in a row or two in a row, you know, Worlds and Pan Ams next year um, could potentially bump that up higher. Um, the other prospect is that someone like uh, Jenny Arthur or whatever goes up to the 87 class um, and tries to tries to earn a spot there. I don't think her Robies would actually add up enough, but uh you know the reality is like it it's it becomes every meet becomes more and more solidified who's going to make the team and who's not um you know and and yeah. you know it's 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 tough it's it's hard to say um so i want to talk about and hopefully we can have an adultish type of conversation around this the the like little controversy with Maddie Rogers and the Maddie Rogers and Nye thing whatever that is I think you'll probably have to well, explain it to me because I'm not sure I'm aware. Well, again, it's really foolish and it, it's almost stupid that I'm allowing us to discuss it. But I think there's certain things to be to be learned from it and, and so on and so forth. Basically, there was a lot of drama built up around um, Kate and I beating uh, Maddie Rogers. And it it's it was almost like falsified kind of like it is basically by like meme culture, essentially. Right, which is silly to even give credit to, but um, she was kind of the underdog, and I guess that gave people more of something to root for. And, that um, that Nye is the underdog. Yeah, or or just yeah, you know what I mean. Um, 
Rogers has had a stronghold on right on pretty much everything that she's ever competed in, and and now here's someone who can kind of knock her off or or at least give her a run for her money. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, you know, Nye ended up beating her, and then there were some really negative posts towards Rogers, um, which you know they were just from meme accounts, and and then Rogers responded with a couple of like, uh, let's say immature to say the least tweets, uh, and and you know, whatever uh, Instagram comments and and Instagram posts and stuff like that, and I guess. The main thing was that, you know, looking at if, if you're as successful as Maddie Rogers, which let's put that in perspective, she has like 500 something thousand Instagram followers. And I did the math and that's like almost more than the entirety of the U.S. weightlifting team combined. <laughs> so so like her situation is slightly different. And what I think was happening was she was noticing a lot of the negativity and she made a response that, you know, maybe it's how she feels, but it could have been better that she didn't even make the response in the first place. And and I don't know if you know any bit of this or even care, but um, I think the the lesson to be learned here is it's hard to make a logical response to negativity when you're in, in an emotional state like maybe Maddie was. And I don't know if you saw it or if you were there even. You were probably home at I this didn't. point. Um, but, you know, it, it was... I, I guess I guess I read too much internet is what I'm saying. But the, the main thing is like... Um, is, is, is that, you know, Maddie's response to all of this was... It, it was more geared towards the negativity that she saw rather than kind of just ignoring it and doing her own thing. Yeah, I could see that. I mean, you know, my, my perspective on a lot of that stuff has changed. I mean, I, I, you know, for, for a long time got sucked into, into the negativity of things and into the, the, the crap, you know, that goes on. This is in all of communities everywhere, right? I mean, shit like this goes on all over the place, but, but the reality is like, if you if you of anyone focuses on on you know bringing themselves up in the world by by you know cutting people down or being hyper negative about everything or using negativity to try and thrive um, versus you know being positive and and taking a, a positive outlook on life and a positive mental attitude you're going to end up suffering in the end and the other side of that coin is that if you if you get sucked into negativity and sucked into the stuff that that you know the the rest of the community or gossip or whatever it is the fucking meme counts um, that are you know whatever pulling you down if you can't laugh at yourself you can't move on beyond that and and make a statement with your performances then you're going to you're going to get trapped in this in this awful place that's not going to be a place you want to live um I think the the best thing for any one person to do when they when they go into a situation is to use that as as the the motivation to change things and, and make a difference somewhere else in your life, you know, or make a difference in your lifting, right? Um, you get beat. Getting beat could be the best thing that ever happens to you, you know. Um, losing and doing a shitty job are huge motivators to make 
changes and to do things differently. Um, and I think that, you know, I, I, I don't think anyone could walk away from performance where you were unsuccessful and say, I don't need to change anything. It's fine. Um, you know, and, and, and believe that's going to happen and believe that it's going to be better the next time. Um, you know, I, I think in, in, in the, in the grand scheme of things, when you have people like, you know, on the internet making this stuff a, a thing, making it real, uh, making it this like big issue between things, it's like it's, you know, I mean, fuck, go down to, go down to anywhere in the fucking real world and mention either of these girls names and no one knows them. Right. So it's like exactly. you're, you're just sticking a, your head into this bubble, this microcosm of community. And and like it's becomes a, an extremely niche thing when you're looking at meme accounts and and subtle, subtle, you know, ridiculous jokes that like 75 people get, <laughs> it, which you know, it's like I have, you know, funny is funny. That's as far as I believe, you know, you can any joke is funny um, if, if it's funny. But the, the point being, like, if you get sucked into it, you're just going to get. You're going to be fucking miserable. Um, yeah, and I think it's like if you think of the process of how this happened, you know, Maddie, whatever happens, then the the meme account or whatever makes a post. It gets a bunch of comments, a bunch of likes, a bunch of people kind of mentioning their their hatred or, or disliking of what the way that Maddie responded. And if your goal as the lifter, as in Maddie's case, Maddie, you know, if, if her goal is to um, is to try to change their mind, yeah, it's it's not the best goal to have. Yeah, I mean, right? yeah, like like you can't just peep your head in there and be like, hey, here's why you're wrong, and and here's what you guys missed. Like that's never gonna work, even if you're right. Yeah, well, it will yeah. never work. This is the internet, man. Like, yeah, you can't win. You're not gonna win. You'll never win, even if you're correct. Yeah. Well, the, you know, the only way to win, the only way to win is to win for yourself, right? Is to come back the next meet and beat and win the battle, right? Um, you know, you could you could be the butt of every joke in the world, but if you have personal success, you're probably gonna feel a lot better about it. You know, and, and it may be the only thing that matters, right? And if you only put credence into the people that you care about and and what they think, um, then you, you've already won. You know, you can't yeah. you can't lose. Um, yeah, which is actually kind of funny because that, that, that was sort of the approach that uh, Alyssa and I discussed before going into World uh, Pan Ams was, was that, I, you know, I, I sat down with her a couple weeks before we went and I said, you know, like between now and the Olympics, like, we need to set set up this idea that we're both on the same page and we both know that every decision we're making is for one thing and we've determined what that goal is and you know win lose or draw whether we get there or not whether everything works or not we're we're totally satisfied because we walked in with a plan we walked in understanding what we're trying to do and we did it and and there the understanding that you've already won before you even go out on the platform, you've already won the battle because you you adopted the approach that you're doing this because you love doing it. You're doing this for fun, and you know it's it's the kind of thing that you you've won because you're here, right? The fact that you're doing it is winning, and, and it doesn't even matter the outcome. And and you've already set up the decisions that are going to go go forth, and so you don't have to worry about the the you know the the 
anything that happens. And I think that uh, uh, taking the approach, taking the mentality that you've already won in life if you have adopted the idea that you're going to be happy and you're going to choose a, you know, a, a, a happiness mentality every day, then, then how can you lose, right? No matter what happens. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's it. Like every day you wake up, it, you're winning. Yeah. You know, and, and then if you have a, a solidified plan well, that will that will at least guide you down the path. Maybe you win or lose, but you have that plan set up. I think that's a winning combination, right? Yeah, it is, you know. Yeah. You just decide it's going to be great. All right, Max. That is probably a good one to end on. Cool. Um, for those of you guys listening, I have a YouTube channel uh, for this podcast. It's called Training Make Podcast. We have a terrific editor. His name is Alex. Uh, definitely go to, to that and, and check out because we'll, we'll have B-roll over the top. Some of these lifters you may not know. Um, we'll have B-roll of them lifting over the top of us talking about them. Uh, and that's it. Max, you got anything to say to the people? I don't. All right. Uh, yeah, guys, we will be back next week, hopefully, with uh, another episode. Thank you guys for listening. See ya.